Hey, everybody. Great, great, great episode of the morning show today. We are joined by Machi Big Brother, controversial but very smart figure from the NFT space. We talked to him about all things NFTs, his blur farming, his proposal to the ApeCoin DAO for how bored apes should be managed moving forward from an art and collectibles perspective. Among other things, we also talk about friend tech taking the NFT space by storm. Overall, this is a very, very good episode of the show. If you are interested in learning more just about how some of the whales in the space like Machi think. It's a great episode. Hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for the late start. Had a little bit of an unexpected audio technical issue, but Nifty Nick, the audio scientist that he is, was able to figure things out. Uh, You've tuned in to the show that you listen to Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Nick, how you doing this morning, buddy? I'm trying to find the browser. Pia, how you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty well. This is the question I hate the most. Because it's not, it doesn't get down to the root situation here, Pia, which is talking about emotions. And if you're ready to talk about the emotions that you've been hiding deep down, I'm ready to have that conversation today live on air, Pia. And I'm really excited that you've had that breakthrough and you're ready for this moment to go down. All right, um, should, I, should I come out and say it? I think so. So I feel that athletically, there's a lot more that you and I could have accomplished as a team. <laughs> Which sport? I I mean, that's a longer conversation. We can go down that rabbit hole. Speaking of rabbit holes, e- bunny. E- oh, sorry. Easy. You're in a rabbit hole. What the hell? Where are you? Yeah, I'm traveling. I'm visiting my mom. So uh, I'm on the road. I'm on the road. I'm in a, I'm in a rabbit hole for sure. Definitely tucked away somewhere in an undisclosed location. Bunny, I just heard you yell something. So look, we've been, it's clearly August. It's eggplant season. We got signal moving to new spots. Easy's on the move. Clearly he's not at his home setup. I'm at my mom's house here. Uh, It looks like Nick's the most stable. Bunny was at, uh, was on vacation. Where'd you go, Bunny? Well, I stayed in New Jersey. I was in New Jersey, so. Have you ever left New Jersey besides New York? No, yeah, yeah. I live New Jersey. I've left New Jersey a bunch of times. I've been to like almost every state. Actually, almost every state. I've been to a lot of them. Well, then you're <laughs> probably the the world's Wyoming, most. Dude. You're the world's most cultured person. Then clearly, have you ever been to Wyoming, Nick? No, I actually haven't. I don't even respect you. I learned that you can't even code. Fraud. <laughs> How was the Jersey Shore, buddy? Did you eat like glizzies or whatever the hell you guys do down there? We we went for this like air show, you know, with like the what are they, you know the planes that do the flips and stuff. Yeah, uh, and apparently the like the the clouds made it too dangerous for the for the planes, so they canceled it. Uh, we saw like three planes the whole time. I don't really like the planes; it's kind of loud, so I wasn't. Uh, too mad, but the kids, the kids and the wife were, were a little bit disappointed. They were disappointed. Oh, because okay, yeah, we didn't see the planes, man. That's like the whole reason. That's the whole point of the vacation it was like this air show. All right, the low ca- cloud coverage made it dangerous to do flips or something. Look at that. A- any other highlights from the trip to the Jersey Shore, Bunny? I saw domestic uh, abuse on the boardwalk. That was probably like. The biggest highlight, this lady. Highlight? Lady punched, 
Yeah, she punched it, dude. She kneed him right in the balls, and then she punched him in the face. Um, that was probably the coolest thing that happened. Wow. A female-on-male uh, violent incident on the Jersey yeah. Shore. He had he had an uh, Eagles jersey on, right? And I had bet the Browns in the preseason game versus the Eagles. So it was like a little icing on top for me. Wow. Bunny, would you say that that's uh, not the first time that something like that has happened at the Jersey Shore? Do you, would you be willing to go on record? That's like a, that's a Wednesday. <laughs> uh, Sig, how you doing? Yeah, Bunny's doing much better than me. I haven't seen anyone <laughs> beat anyone up this summer, on, on the summer holidays. Uh, it's been, I don't know, it's just been good food and sunshine, man. It's uh, Europe is the place to be over summer. Maybe uh, like after Jersey, after New Jersey, Europe is the best place to be after summer. So like book your ticket to Jersey first, then head over to Greece, head over to Spain, <laughs> head over to South of France. I mean, we, we have fights over here as well, but like, it's more like, you know, with the hands, <laughs> there's no domestic abuse. It's just a lot of this. What are you talking about? But yeah, it's all good over here, man. All good. I was going to say of sick. clubs, you can get some real brawls in uh, Europe. We're talking oh, yeah. about 2 a.m. Yeah. People are punching the shit out of each other. Oh, the girl Europe. fights are awesome. When they take off their shoes, you know you're going in for the serious fights. That's like MMA. They like they take the off shoes. the shoes. They take off the shoes. And and or when you see a chick like tie up her hair. Oh man, it gets good. Yeah, no, that happens around yeah, between two and four a.m. uh at the clubs outside, just getting a bit drunk, getting a bit loose. But yeah, that's our Jersey Shore like knocking it about domestic abuse version. Wow. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, if you go to one of those football games that you have over there, the European football, I'm sure you can get yourself into a tussle uh, because they don't play around with that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, look, today we're going to talk about friend tech. Obviously, if you went on X, formerly known as Twitter over the weekend, then you saw that the NFT, uh, oh, you know, the NFT space has discovered that Friend tech allows you to attach a price to something. And as soon as a price is attached to something and it can be traded digitally, the NFT space takes notice. And so now that a price has been introduced to the NFT space through friend tech, we got to talk about it. And uh, beyond that, we're going to be joined by none other than the controversial figure, Machi Big Brother, to discuss the current state of Blur NFTs and hear more about how he ended up becoming the largest D-Gods holder. I'm very interested to ask him about this. I'm also very prepared for a lot of angry commenters as soon as he comes on the show. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, why don't we dive into the weather report first and foremost? Uh, Signal, please take it away. Yep, it is Monday, August 21st. We are fast approaching fall. Market volume is around 12 million. You got Blur at 8 million, OpenSea down at 3 million. Onto leaders, the numbers have changed. So if you're holding these bags, well, listen up. You got Apes at 23. Sorry, Bunny. Uh, Punk's doing incredibly well at 48. Mutants down at 4.5. D-Gods, 3.9. Captains at 3.6. Azuki at 3.5. Pudgy Penguins, 3.7. And the winner here right now is Miladies at 4.3. That is as surprising as Spain <laughs> winning the World Cup. Over the weekend, Frentech, the decentralized the, uh... social media platform, Nick, shush. Frentech, the decentralized social media platform, surged in popularity 
uh, when with the platform reaching over 7.5 million in total lock value in total lock value the platform quickly turned into a sniping game primarily uh, by bots as people try to buy shares of notable influencers uh, as soon as they joined the platform this included NBA shooting guard Grayson Allen pro gamer Faze Banks and OnlyFans creator Gracie Harty on to uh, punk news Noah the brand lead for crypto punks has announced that he will be stepping down from his role at Yuga Lab, citing that he wants to be fully present for the birth and early days of his son. He reassured that he still believes in the decentralized digital economy and will not be leaving the space anytime soon. Over into fine art and Sam Spratt's The Monument Games goes live today on Nifty Gateway at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, starting with that public sale of 256 editions at a 3.3 ETH price. And Play, uh, players get uh, an observation. Uh, you'll be able to use that addition to leave a maximum of 512 characters on the monument game, one of one on a Nifty Gateway website. Following the close of the games on August 24th, the Council of Lucy will vote the top three observers of which will then be able to burn their player edition in exchange for a skull of Lucci. There are only three skulls for those winners. And lastly, the NFT capitulation has continued over the weekend with top collections seeing at least a 15 to 20% floor price dip over the last seven days. In fact, the only mid-cap collection not in the red is Milady Makers, and they have already flipped Captains, Pudgy Penguins, D-Gods, and now Azuki to become the fourth most valuable profile picture collection. Not on the bingo card this year, but certainly the major winner. It is back to you guys in the studio. Fantastic weather report as usual, Signal. A rare uh, mispronunciation of a word by Sig. Uh, Lucy, Skulls of Lucy, not Lucci. No, mm-hmm. it's Lucy. It's not Lucci. Correct. It's Lucy. You said Lucci. You no, said I Lucci. said Lucy. I said Lucy. We can go to the tape. We uh, the commenters are going to defend Sig, like even though we can go to the tape. I already be like, am she defending her right. in my mind, but also, <laughs> dude, this weather report is the most ludicrous weather report so far. It just sells you, shows you how much of a tr- fucking train wreck the NFT space is. This is just like, why are you even here? Like, what is going on? This thing is, I, I have so many comments, but I'm assuming you want to read the newsletter first. So let, let, let's get into the newsletter. Well, but I'm, ex- th- I'm excited that you're inspired to have comments about the NFT space. I, I'm going to get through this newsletter fast because I'm really excited to hear from Nick. Look, Friendtech, the decentralized social media platform, surged in popularity with the platform receiving $7.5 million in total value locked. The platform quickly turned into a sniping... What? You're, re- you're reading the news the news report. Oh, oopsie-daisy. Oopsie-daisy, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Clemente literally highlighted it and turned it green as I started to read it. So it may, it reinforced that I thought I was reading the, the right thing. <laughs> well, that, that's the first time that's ever happened. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, pretty good that it's taken this long for me to accidentally do that. G- give me a little bit of a break. I'm not in my normal workstation at my mom's house. Take a, take a, you know, give me a little break. Anyway, Recur, known for bringing popular IPs like Rugrats, Hello Kitties, and Star Trek to the NFT space. Uh, also, oh no, actually Rugrats, we already said that. Uh, will be shutting down operations on November 16th, citing unforeseen challenges and shifts in the business landscape. It got kind of hard, ladies and gentlemen. So we got to shut things down. Thanks for the several million dollars that you generated. Fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, and I like to throw people under the bus once they're confirmed ruggers. When Rugrats NFT uh, came out, someone from Recur aggressively wanted to come on this show 
to just shamelessly promote it. And for no other reason, he'd never listened to the show before, never come on the show before, went so hard trying to come on the show. I was like, I mean, look, if you want to talk about a sponsored spot, obviously you guys are a legitimate entity. That's how we do promotion on the shows. We have fully disclosed sponsors. So if you want to talk about that, he was like, absolutely not. We should be able to come on the show for free. This is that important. Really glad to see how important the recur project end up ended up being. Uh, next story, cool cast. How do you how do you spend so much money that you aren't a able to survive three months? Like it's pretty I, easy. You pay yourself out twenty million per C suite executive, and that's three C suite executives with ten million cash to continue moving. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> It, they did the same thing that NFT people did. So you can't get that mad. They bonus themselves out an ass load of money. That's what a lot of most people that have operated in this space have done that have made projects. Cool Cats announced that their CEO, Stephen Teglis, has stepped down after nearly 12 months. This story was discussed on Friday, was it not? Yeah, we know that it was. It was. Clemente messed up here. Clemente, <laughs> dude, you're just like slipping and falling today. How's that like chin, dude? Is it cut open? because <laughs> he we tripped and fell, right, fell no. and hit his chin you know what? i'm not doing this we talked about it on the meeting not on the show oh right we're not come on oh, that actually no, does make do sense it. no let's that do it you sense. just okay one point clemente well i'll see you in the next round Ladies and gentlemen, Clemente was right. We spoke about this in an internal meeting that was not broadcast to the public. Uh, so we are going to say it. Cool Cats announced that their CEO, Steven Teglis, has stepped down after nearly 12 months with the position. And Cool Cats creator, Klon, will be stepping in to lead strategy, daily operations, and the creative direction for the NFT collection. Uh, I'm going to give Klon some unsolicited advice. Make some toys. Make some vinyl well, toys of Cool Cats. Uh, well, go ahead, Nick. Here, here was the other advice I was going to say. Uh, initially, I was going to say, Clemente, we should broadcast our internal meeting so everyone can see. And uh, unfortunately, Pudgy Penguins decided to do that. What they didn't realize from observing us is that speaking on these shows is just a fucking disaster for your NFT project, basically. Like, no one will respect you after you come on and expose that you're doing work. So what you really want to do is just disappear, man. Like, go away for a period of time because you guys showing yourselves – and showing Big that problem. you're doing, showing do, that yourself doing real work, like actually building a business, that is as bearish as possible for the NFT space. Nobody's interested in that. Big problem. It's better to just <laughs> pretend to be an anime character and never say anything. Uh, following OpenSea's de decision to make creator royalties optional on their platform, Yuga Labs has announced that they will phase out support for OpenSea's Seaport contract, fueling speculation of an ApeCoin-powered NFT marketplace by Yuga in the future. Those are your updates from the Nifty wow. Daily Digest. Sign up at thenifty.com. Look, first story we're going to talk about, got to talk about friend tech, the talk of the Town, there's a new price, a new set of prices in the NFT space. So NFT traders are very excited. Nick? Well, dude, there's a number of things before uh, we discuss the pro. Well, actually, no, let's maybe, maybe that's a good place to start. There's a lot of different subject matters here. First of all, I'm wondering from the, the weird thing, the Noah statement. I've Noah never, from Christie's? Yeah. So you're having a baby, so you quit your job? I don't understand. That's something that I'm like, does Yuga not offer like parental leave? Like that's, that's like a weird, that's a weird statement in my mind because like, I feel like you should be like, I'm having a baby. So I'm taking a few months off. That's the type of, uh, you know, uh, support that Yuga provides parents. 
you, this is a great company to work at. You should come and work here. Um, I don't know. Unless he wanted to take like a year off. He could be married to someone who's just like independently wealthy as well. And so she's just supporting like maybe he's a stay-at-home dad, which is an acceptable thing to do, Bunny. And the thing that I was going <laughs> to say. Bunny, how do you like being a stay-at-home dad, buddy? I'm working right now, P.L. <laughs> uh, well, you're not wrong. You are on the clock right now. This is one of your uh, your responsibilities as an employee, an extremely highly paid employee of the Nifty. I mean, we're going broke because of how high Bunny's salary is. Your responsibilities are this show and basically whatever Easy wants you to do uh, whenever he's doing shows and stuff. But anyway. This is, a, this is a good comment that someone said. People that had never said anything valuable from now on i'm only going to be dropping alpha on friend tech <laughs> dude the idea of quote unquote alpha in the nft space is absolutely hilarious like you're acting like you're looking at businesses p l sheets and making you know uh you know just analyzing whether there there's real value there dude are you kidding me like well, <laughs> all nfts apparently go to zero punks at 2x the price of apes that's pretty that's pretty uh, uh that sucks for the ape holders um yeah I mean, bunny that sucks it's not, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good for anybody though honestly like that's like that's a whole situation that we it, got going on the, the the fact that miladies is the most valuable mid-cap nft just says it all and the truth finally is exposed about this space like hey they're all going to zero so like that's the direction you can trade on if if we could short we'd be a hundred percent short actually 99.99999 percent short and there'd be like one buyer one rare buyer that would be uh present but yeah this whole the whole space revealed itself this weekend that with via friend tech and miladies this this is all that needs to be said nobody has any interest in this space like there's no <laughs> one we have the one buyer on today Machi. well i'm very that's why i'm very excited to have Machi on i got questions my first question why are you buying all this stuff so i'll, I'll leak that first question uh for Machi real quick is Two he things. actually showing up i think he's gonna show up uh i think he wants to show up uh, i'm assuming he's gonna show up uh real quick two things number one a commenter wants to know how much bunny gets paid here's a fun little game uh, if a commenter guess exactly how much Bunny gets paid, then that commenter gets a special free NFT on the platform. How about that? Uh, if Nick's you can guess it like, down to the penny, we'll fire Bunny. Nick what hates this so much. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this game. I'm gonna be honest. This is like a weird, like a weird thing. All right, uh, the game's the game's done. It's not a game. It's not happening. Second thing. Uh, speaking of revealing, Brian Morris is on stage. Our friend Brian Morris, never been on the show before. Brian, what prompted you to request, buddy? Oh, it must have been a butt request. Oh, it was a, probably a butt request. Fair enough. It's okay. Brian can just chill up here. That's a badass uh, piece of artwork. Very talented artist. Brian Morris is on stage right now. Back to friend tech. New prices are available. He took himself off stage. That was a butt request. Uh, very, uh, you know, a, a new set of prices is now in the NFT space. Friend tech is here. Easy. Would you like to talk about the platform that's offering NFT people new prices to speculate? Let me know on? when you're done and I'll come back to the show. Well, I already know Nick did not make a friend tech because I would have I got invited, 
Okay. But then I got to like send it. So I signed up. I got to like set up an ETH wallet there. How do you, I, what I'm supposed to do that on mobile? A, it, it doesn't. Yeah. It does a custodial wallet. So it just creates a wallet for you. And then you send 0.01 ETH to base and it just launches the account. And then you buy one of your own shares. So they give you one of your own shares. Turns out you can actually sell that share, but it kicks you out of your own group chat. I learned that the hard way. Um, Cause I was just like messing around with the entire platform. And sure enough, you sell any of your shares that just kicks you out. So, I mean, what it is basically too, is like all this speculation on like, it reminds me of BitClout or rally, like, which were the two like previous iterations of this. And I don't know how it's going to be much different, but I mean, phase banks is on there. Some people say that's the top. He's now the most traded individual on there with the highest floor price. Cause he's promising five ETH to one of his holders. He's saying that he'll get some form of leverage when Aiden Ross and Drake join the platform. Is so, that legal? Dude, I don't fucking know anymore. Is any of this? You've read that point I mean, in the conversation. At this like, point, the government is like, is like, we don't even give a shit about this. You guys are all like, losing money. Like, literally, it's a bunch of <laughs> criminals hanging out with each other is all that we're down to. And then people, the the 15 people collecting art. So we got yeah. Cosmo, Medici, yep. and Signal. Yep, yep, yep. And, and Node. Node. And Node, and Node, yeah. And I have no, a couple no. of pieces of art. I'll be yeah. honest, but like my portfolio is somewhat limited across the number of artists that I have. But yeah, I know easy. I was listening to your space. I, I, I didn't. I, I know the voice, but I can't remember who it is. Was talking about how he makes money on Frentech towards Manny. the end of your space, Manny. Yeah, can you just explain what what his strategy yeah, so, is? Well, Manny's doing like a high volume attack plan. Like he's looking for like the quote influencers to join and right away buy them as quickly as he can and then sell them even quicker. So the way Frentech works is it's on a bonding curve. So you're not actually buying shares off of somebody or selling shares to somebody. There's an indefinite number of shares. And as the price goes up with more buyers, or as the buy numbers go up, the price goes up just like indefinitely. And as people sell, price goes down. And there's this curve that the, the application is like basically funding on either side based off your buys and sells. And we're seeing that where like if people are all buying right when an influential person hits, their shares just skyrocket very, very quickly. So it's it's just kind of like this dumpster fire right now, to be honest with you, because like people are like bots are hitting like influential people. People are speed running to try to get like the next big name. There's a bunch of scam Twitter accounts of people who are just trying to like get on there. Dude, it's it's it this is gonna implode. The sales go down the bonding curve. If more people are selling, the bonding curve goes down, price goes down. But it's all selling on the bonding curve. Like all the trades occur on the curve. Yeah. So that's, it's not actually a true bonding curve. They call it something else. I did a video on it Sunday and it's a quadratic bonding curve is what they call it. Um, where if oh, okay. more people are selling versus buying, instead of going like this, it goes like this. And, <laughs> and obviously everyone who's done calculus understands the, the, quadratic bonding yeah, curve cost, like that look at you nick yeah i mean this is a this is classic uh i had well, no idea what a quadratic bonding curve was i'm not going to sugarcoat it so i had to google it and uh basically it means if more people are selling than buying price goes down if more people are buying than selling price goes up uh with not actually buying or selling into a person well, there you uh, go. So one thing that I do think is genuinely interesting is people from outside of the NFT space like Milwaukee Bucks, Shooting Guard, Grayson Allen, all you uh, American 
college basketball fans out there. He was a big name in college hoops. He's now an NBA player. It is interesting uh, to me to have somebody come onto that platform and then have like a floor price of a half ETH. I think it just brings you back to someone says, I just bought a share of Grayson Allen. Someone says, what does that even mean? That's stupid, uh, which is what, you know, <laughs> NFTs were to be. What's so funny? <laughs> someone says, what do you mean? That's stupid. And they that person is right. They're correct. <laughs> Grayson Allen's like a top shot guy too. So seeing like, is it going to surprise me if like Josh Hart dives into this? No, is it like that's the thing? Is like all like Grayson Allen was around during Top Shot. Yeah, why doesn't like Caesar's Palace have an influencer? So they have sports betting. They should just introduce an influencer betting table where literally we just go to the table and we're like, I'll have six Paris Hilton. I'll have uh, three. uh, I'll take three on. um, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, let me short Logan Paul on the Dylan Dennis news. Uh, all right, I'll take it through an October expiration. You know, that, I like this idea. I like this well, idea. Speaking of influencers, we got one on the YouTube screen right now. Jeff Huang, better known as Machi Big Brother. You on Friend Tech yet, Machi? No, I'm not. I'm not on there yet. No. <laughs> oh my I'm God! Well, out. Are you guys on there? Well, I got an invite and I signed up, but I'm we're not there. yet. I'm sitting Not at yet. a point oh eight ETH floor. We're living. Point oh oh eight. Yeah, they're flooring me, Machi. They're flooring me. <laughs> yeah, they're floor. That are you dumped it on your followers like these normal influencers do? Yeah. <laughs> Machi, you're gonna sweep the floor on easy, run up that floor price, or <laughs> no airdrop for that, huh? No, no, I'm not sweeping nothing. I'm not sweeping anything. Machi has I'm no almost... more money after Blur, dude. Like, don't you know this? Like, oh, how is he gonna be able to operate? Shit. <laughs> no, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I took some hits on Blur. Yeah, for sure. Are you using an Amex black card and that's how you're funding all these things? Or are you act like, what, what, what's the strategy at this point? Like, how many more NFTs can you buy? And is it true what they say that you will now own 80% of the NFT market? Um, the other day I had a lot of D gods. But um, I already, I already floored them. I only got like eight really? left. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're already like, out of basically out of that position. With yeah, eight. yeah. Since since you guys invited me onto your show, I've already got rid of them already. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, th- in that case, we don't need you here anymore, Maji. Yeah. You know, Man, these D God Maxis, damn. <laughs> like, no, I mean well, Blur is like um, I I just think Blur is probably one of the biggest contenders for the NFT markets marketplace. So I was farming the tokens. And um, yeah, like like you know, season two has been going on for a while, and um, they never said when they would end it. But like the last update was three more big updates, and if each update takes like two months, so another six months before they drop that token. And so that's <laughs> what this was. That. The, the <laughs> alpha would be the farm now. Actually, honestly, the, the alpha is the farm. <laughs> no, high T. I think you're right because everyone's leaving. Like everybody's right now, out. everyone's given up. Like you look how thin the floors are right now. It's like if I just show up and start throwing bids, sixty percent on their floor, I'll probably start getting points. And if it drops that far, maybe I make a couple bucks. But wh- yeah, what's gonna that's, get? That's the alpha. Is like when everybody's out. That's I mean, when before you bring ten ETH to farm, let's say right, and you get like fifty points a day. Now you bring like half that five ETH to farm and you might make like, you know, 20 times the amount of points. Someone's at your door, Machi. It's like, you know, people doing shit around. What what is, what is, what circumstance? Are we in like a six bedroom apartment? What are we looking at here right now, Machi? 
No, man, I'm in, I'm in Taipei. I'm not I'm not abroad right now. I'm in Taipei. I'm in like my little humble apartment. Yeah. Um, this, sure it it sounds like it. You're like people are moving my humble apartment where 18 people are currently moving around. <laughs> it, cook me something, chef. <laughs> do you have a chef, Machi? Uh, no, no, I do not. No, no. Okay. Not, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm humble, man. I'm very humble, humble um, abode. Like, like I'm like crypto bros. You go look in the in my house. It's just like one mattress, and that's it. It's like no TV, nothing. On the floor, it's like yeah. an it's an air mattress that you've been sleeping on for six years. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, real ghetto, real ghetto. <laughs> Um, well, look, Machi, I do want to ask, like, is that really what this is all about? All these this, these big sweeps and everything, it's about collecting this token still? Because I remember a few months back you had tweeted, I think, a little bit of uh, you were upset at the way that this season of Blur had been rolled out. Obviously, you were successful in, in season one. This is still just all about this token? You think that this is the right move? Yeah. Um, I was upset because there was an April 1st deadline for 2x points, right? So, you know, us being in crypto, we thought there would be like a have like a Bitcoin halving. So the points were gonna half. So if you farmed early, you were you were like the alpha and you're gonna, you know, get benefit from being early and farming during that time period. But then they extended it and I'm like, what the fuck? And then that's not like a smart contract where it's like immutable. It's just something in the back end. They say, Hey, you know, we're gonna just extend the two X points. And I was like, No fucking way. So I, you know, I, I gave them some shit and um, but you know, the team. At Blur is already kind of like, oh, we'll make it up to those people that lost that month of um, whatever, like them extending it and kind of like diluting the early farmers. They said they'd take care of it. So I'm back on Team Blur. I think, um, again, like other marketplaces, it's either OpenSea, Blur. There's not, I mean, there's Looks Rare, X2Y2, X.XYZ has sunsetted. So um, I believe that the, Current winner is Blur still. So, yes, I'm farming the token. And like I just said, I think it's the alpha to farm now while everybody's gone. I'm, I'm using less ETH to farm more points. And so I'm continuing to do it. Uh, sometimes I get stuck with bad trades. Uh, like, yeah, it, it depends. Like, everybody does the analytics, but not that many people are that good with, like, ether scan stuff. So a lot of times they're not getting the numbers exactly right. Yeah. Um. What? Where's the liquidity for Blur going to come from when that token drops? Like, is the company going to back it? Like, how? Like, where is that money coming from? Why? Like, I I don't even understand why in a in a highly speculative market or like a, especially in a bull market that token would really pump to to something because a lot of people would be betting on it. But yeah. where is the uh like additional liquidity yeah. going to come from in order to fund? I'm assuming what what will happen. Let's say you get the blur token. Are you not immediately going to just dump it to like recoup your costs on your on your on your uh, NFT trades? Maybe, but I'm usually too slow because people have bots and they they dump that shit fast. So if I dump, I'm I'm actually late to it. So sometimes I wait for the bounce, or if I believe in the team, I'll hold it long term. And and I I gotta check out the token economics. But for now, when you're asking about the liquidity, if you watched the team work, or let's just go with the founder Pac-Man. He did his tour of duty, right? He went to um, Huopi, one of the biggest exchanges in Asia. He went to OKX. He did his rounds on the centralized exchanges to go get that liquidity for his token. Telling the story of Blur, which is an easy story to tell because they toppled OpenSea at the time. They had huge volume. They have all, you know, everybody's trading on there. All the floors are there. So they went out and they told the story. I'm sure a lot of people bought in. Um, 
the insiders unlocked, probably dumped on everybody. Um, but there is liquidity out there for this token because you're, you're betting on the future, right? Not, not today and whatnot. So if NFT markets come back, they're going to probably be one of the better ones. Okay. If you check out their, their, you know, features, like they added the, the blend, like a lend, like early on, I was like, Hey, maybe we can work together on the lending protocol side. They're like, uh, like in no, uh, you know, in a few words, they told me, you know, basically they're already working on it, you know? So yeah, they, they, they launched it. It's a beautiful lending product. It's better than most lending products out there. And it's combined with the, with the marketplace. So it's, it's right there for you to lend. You won't need to use the third party ones, which people still do use Bendow, Paraspace, things like that. So that alone, I'm guessing one of the major features will, will be perps, you know, like, um, the, the perpetuals, like the, you know, long they and short, long and short it. synthetics. I, I think they'll have synthetics. Um, what else could they include? I'm not sure the other two big, big features, but whatever they're doing, um, they're, they're on it. Like, like these guys, these guys know what's going on in the, in the crypto space, NFT space. And then from what I can tell the team and how they execute they're they're getting shit done. So I wouldn't sleep on them. And again, 10% more tokens go in the system. They're unlocking sooner or later. They got, they got turned on some kind of sinks and mechanisms like anybody that says that blur tokens are useless or don't have any function is is too short-sighted because there's no way they don't you know build some kind of tokenomics and that will bring value to the token i mean it's it, i mean it's the simplest one is you see uniswap all the time they're voting for fees so far they've been turned down but every once in a while uniswap like communities will start rallying hey let's turn on the fees and, and pass some of those fees to our token holders i'm guessing it's the vcs or the big holders in the background that are, are blocking that yeah yeah could be you're on this page right now yeah i mean nick do I, you have I, a question no i would just bring up the chart of uniswap's token which which basically like all i you know in a bear market all of it feels depressing i'm gonna be honest and and if they offer perps like won't 99 percent of people just be shorting nfts um, I mean, I guess that makes the trade then, inherently. Then a short squeeze, right? Yeah. Everybody yeah. short it, then there'll be a short squeeze. So the thing. <laughs> I was going to say NFT short squeeze. That sounds juicy. That And I feel like you'd be like, you know, engineering that stuff, right? You'd be like, oh, you want to short the hell out of this? And then you come in 200 grand, boom, right? I mean, something yeah. like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Would you not do um, that? <laughs> a Machi no. liquidation candle. No, I, I don't nice do insider trading. I don't do anything funny like that i don't i didn't even mean insider trading i mean if you saw not, that not some I, I don't really play those kind of games I, I i've been close to those things i've had uh opportunities to do stuff some stuff like that maybe i heard like oh this thing got hacked and i could short it ahead of time but um again everything's on blockchain that's one two if it's on a centralized exchange i'm kyc that binance you know they'll, they'll like cz be like this motherfucker every time this happens he's shorting how does he know ahead of time you know like they would know if someone would know you know, those kind of things I don't, I don't really fuck with. And, um, and I have really simple, like concentrated bet type of, uh, of investing style. Like if I believe in it, I go hard. I ape in. That's why I, I, I vibe with the board apes and the, you know, it's, it's my spirit animal. And when I, when I see something good, I ape hard and then I lose all my money. <laughs> Sometimes I make money. Most, you know, like most, most, uh, investments that are risky, you know, you're not hitting, past 50 percent you know yeah so i'm curious outside of um your trading stuff right now well and maybe that's where your time is what does a day look like for machi i am working on movies i i 
like my movie studio in Taiwan is is the one that produces the most movies in Taiwan. And then outside of that, I do try to do some stuff in Hollywood or international uh, movies. I produce those. Aside from that, I still have a record label, but I don't spend that much time on that. Um, yeah, movies are the main M- thing. Music industry That's- sucks, right, Machi? Music yeah. industry is no good. Man, music's just tough, man. It's tough. Spotify is a blood sucker. All these fucking, but TikTok don't pay us. They fucking just steal our music and become billion dollars. All the tech companies owe music and content tons of money, including you guys. That that's the creator economy, right? Like sooner or later, we got to unionize, unionize, and and Facebook got to pay up the amount they owe us. You know, like YouTube owes us money. Like if you think about it, when you go to YouTube, you don't get to decide what the split is. They just give it to you. You get thirty percent. That's it. And then, like, you're lucky that they give you something because Facebook takes all your content, which is money, your pictures of your family, your picture of your friends, you partying or your daily life. That's all content that generates a lot of ad revenue, right? And <laughs> Mark Zuber has never given us a fucking penny, not even a dime. And, like, the problem is now, now there's X giving out the content money, right, for the for your content and your, your views. The problem there is that it changes everybody's content from organic, the way you used to shit talk or you're nice people. Now everybody's, like, a bunch of trolls and LARPers and cappers. Like you guys are like, you know, you see someone do something wrong. You go, Oh my God, he's rugging or he's stealing. So you can get a bunch of hits or you're like just dogging on each other. So you can get more views or something like it's not organic anymore, you know, or you're just copy pasting anybody else's content that looks good. Like hurry up and copy it, post it, you know, copy pasta. Like this well, game is very hard to figure out, I think. And to find organic content, uh, how to pay the creator economy, like this friend tech that people are calling either a scam or whatever, but they're trying to figure out a way to monetize your time and your content, which we're in the early stages still. And and like social media is it's really new. Uh, I, they're trying to figure it out. So well, I, I'm wondering, so you said you spend most of your time working on the movie side of things. It P.O. was like, oh, yeah, the music industry is hard. Is the movie industry easy? I don't. I don't understand. Like, what, so like hard. what the hell? <laughs> okay, the movie industry you lose tons of money all the time too. The the difference is the movie guys are pretty hard. If you notice, there's a lot of piracy music apps or piracy music tech, but there's very little piracy. Well, there's still piracy movies, but they'll come down hard on people pirating movies. Like they just have better lawyers, or they got like a more of a monopoly or uh, or, or conglomerates behind it that go after people if you fuck with their movies. Whereas like music, it's all like independent artists and we're just not that, we're not put together. We're not in a team to go fight this stuff. So, you know, music gets abused by TikTok, YouTube, all of them got their come up because of music or something like that. Um, The other thing is I do work in crypto. And so you see all these different things that seem like they're not working. So we brought back the focus to uh, being part of the infrastructure. And I believe in only two coins or deep belief in two coins is Bitcoin and Ethereum. And so to be part of Ethereum, the ETH staking process, you know, the liquid staking derivatives, similar to Lido and Rocket Pool, early on, Cream Finance was doing it. We, we stopped to focus on uh, lending protocols. But recently, we, we came back to doing MEV, uh, MEV protocol, basically ETH staking um, protocol. And that's that's our main focus there on the crypto side. And you're you've been in the crypto game for a while. When did you start really like forget about just investing, but when did you start making stuff in crypto? Like 2016 or, or before that? 2017. 2017. 2017. A little late. A little late. Uh, 
Okay. And what do you make of like this cycle compared to the previous ones that you've seen? Uh, I think that there's a, a deep belief in Bitcoin and Ethereum. I don't think anyone's like, or, or no one that's smart and has been around the block is like, there's no way that those things are going to come back, right? Like people assume that there will be another cycle, maybe post-having, maybe in a different interest rate environment, date, maybe after institutional adoption, like the BlackRock ETF, things like that, right? On the NFT side, it's a lot harder to see the future because of, I mean, look, we just came off of back to back to back botched releases, right? I mean, I don't think it's a crazy thing for me to say that three huge projects in the space had releases and they didn't go as well, I think, as people expected them to go. Um, do you think that, and like, I don't know, what do you think of the NFT space? Do you think it'll, it's just going to change a lot? Do you think that you are going to see Bored Apes, for example, go back to like $150,000, $250,000? Like, how do you think about NFT specifically? Okay. Um, I've, I've like uh, looked around and I think the GameFi is uh, not played out yet. There's definitely a chance that one of these companies uh, will figure out how to do it. Like you said, Oh, Fortnite, them are going to eat their lunch or league of legends. They're not going to, because they're already eaten. They're like guapping, making tons of money. They're not even looking at NFT or web three and they don't need to, they're just making billions of dollars. So it's the startups or the, the guy, even our blue chip are, are similar startups, right? Yuga is probably the main one, but I remember there's parallel. They're doing their card game. They're trying to figure out tokenomics. Who knows if Axie infinity come back and try to do something, but any of these guys in this category can try to make a game and plug in NFTs and make that system work. If someone makes it work, everybody's going to jump on the bag and copy that model. And from there, they'll iterate, iterate, iterate. So I would never count out gaming because gaming is such a big industry and we all love to play video games. Everybody does. Like Guys my age are still in that generation of video games right now. It's part of our culture, part of our DNA. So no one's going to stop playing games. Where is it going to be like, you're saying play to earn or is it, I wouldn't even call it play to earn anymore. It's just basically playing with NFTs and crypto involved somehow and it was already there anyways like people do secondary trades of, of skins or, or warcraft gold or things like that but they had to do it through ebay or they make their own websites it was kind of hard to do whereas now crypto makes it easier for anywhere cross-country payments and um nfts might be a way to like symbolize or use in these games i, I don't think that part's going away and someone's going to crack that code it's coming um the other part is the one I'm banking on now, and I have an AIP coming up. I think maybe some of you guys might have heard about it. It's an AIP put out for 11 million ApeCoin. Basically, I, I want to make sure that NFTs are recognized as art, which kind of was the early beginnings of this thing and really disrupted that market. Art market has been here before we, we showed up, and it's a billion-dollar market. Tons of money is being thrown around. And not thrown around, but it's being spent, bought you know, here and there. Just the few artists are earning that, right, the big, big artists. And over in FT space, same thing. We've we've made a few things better. It's uh doesn't rot. You don't need to insure it like like paintings on a wall. Yep. Um you can buy anywhere in the world. Like if like right now, if you want to buy like a paste art gallery in New York, you gotta go to that gallery, look at the painting. Sure, yep. there's some VIP services they can send you pictures, but you, you kind of want to see the physical painting before you buy it or something, right? But uh with NFTs, you could buy it from your home, anywhere around the world. And so I, I really believe that, you know, punks is kind of leading way there a little bit. And then um, so I want to I want to double down on that. I've asked myself what I'm still doing here. I don't play video games no more. My eyes are not good. I'm wearing my glasses, but I can barely see you guys when you make the, you guys really small. I can barely see your faces. <laughs> um, but 
I don't play video games anymore. You know, my eyes too tired. So I was like, what do I like about NFTs? I still love the art part. I like buying the rare, rare traits with a certain look to, to, to certain PFPs. And of the NFTs, I really like to focus on PFPs. Like that's because I, I was doing social media business. I did a live streaming business before. I do understand the power of social media and networks. And I believe the vir viralness of that and the branding of that. So I believe the PFP art is what rocks. And then that 10K membership, let's give punks their credit. So the 10K PFP NFT, this category, I like it a lot. I, I like the, the camaraderie in there. I like the the network effect of it. Like if one of them become, becomes real famous, the other ones are famous. Like, oh, one alien punk sells for 8 million. That means the other, other guy is going to sell for 8 million. Or if one of the apes, the gold apes sell for this price, then the gold apes are this price. And all the other apes are this price. And art is art. You know, like this AIP that I have for 11 ape coin, I want to parlay that into a beautiful priceless collection. So it's like infinity X, right? It's not 100X, it's infinity X. And, you know, the, this proposal, people are like, oh, you're going to take ApeCoin, you're going to dump it to ETH to buy these NFTs. Well, it won't be all in one shot. It will only sell the ApeCoin or or we're going to offer an ApeCoin per, per, you know, grail we pick up or whatnot. And what, everyone we pick up, we've actually added value to this collection. And the only way you can earn this collection is by staking your ApeCoins to, to farm the, we call it the DAM token, the DAM DAO, DAM for, for digital art movement. Um, I, I believe that. It's, it's one part of ApeCoin point that needs to be done, like a culture side, art side. And I really like to focus there. And again, like um, I've been looking at trad art a lot lately. Like I've been, I've been meeting like galleries. I've talked to a couple of museums. Um, yeah. The, the, tra the traditional art, the fine art, I don't want to call it a racket, but it's there. I mean, I, I'm, I've been offered paintings from 50 grand to 5.5 million. And then I go look at the, the artists and their social medias to, you know, that's not very artistic. It's more financial DD, like just to see, oh, are they famous? And you're like, oh, 8,000 Instagram followers? It's like, they're not very famous. Uh, BYC's got a million Twitter followers. So if you had one of their art and go, hey, I bought this for a quarter million, they're like, the fuck? I never heard of it. But then you go, BYC, oh, I've heard of it. And the thing is, among the, the uh, fine art circle, every time they introduce me, <laughs> they go, oh, the Board Ape Yacht Club whale or the Board Ape Yacht Club. He's got the most Board Ape Yacht Club. That's what they say about me when they introduce me to these people. They don't. That used to be cool, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think um, if it's not cool, they still think, oh, this motherfucker's got money to burn. That's, I think they, that is get, true. Yeah. Target on your back there. Quick, quick question. So you were, you were saying earlier, uh, like it, there's speculation about like what future market is going to. Uh, succeed basically and i'm wondering what would you say is the area that actually has worked from the past would you say that DeFi is the main thing like what like what what has been built so far in this space that you think is like oh this has worked because when you were talking about like 2017 well 99 of stuff that was made in 2017 i have friends that had like icos and uh and still are like actually running those biz operating those businesses to this day but like they don't even really it's hard to even call it a business at this point in time because a lot of those aren't even like making money. But like what's an example? Because everything so far has come out of like speculative hype. Money's gone to a lot of the project creators, both in the ICO phase, then in the NFT phase, uh, during the DeFi phase. That happened as well. You see uh, the curve guy with his uh, everyone talks about his house, like how much how much he spent on his house and everyone's like, well, yeah, he ran curve finance, 
but like what like like what is the what um like my mom's not investing in curve finance today and the average person still isn't u- utilizing these things so what is the thing that you think actually like so far it sounds like art is pretty much the main thing would that be like the is there anything else that you think has like brought sustainability we well, said um, gaming right gaming Ga- maybe it's not quite there yet but uh what was a step in they had these things that kind of like had a hit right and um it takes time and it's gonna have to find the same it's like eth and bitcoin now like you said the majority of people are not gonna shit on it anymore like it's harder to shit on it like when I got in at 2017, one, just six months or a year before that in 2016, I'd shit over anybody that talked to me about Bitcoin or, or whatever. I'd just be like, ah, you fucking get rich quick friends or not the not work hard friends are, are hitting me up to invest or they want to take a commission off me or something while I'm trying to, hey, I'm here working hard, building a real business. And, you know, that's how it was the mentality. And only when uh, Tesla bought some Bitcoin, holy crap, that was a game changer. After 2020, that, baby. You bought the, like, even DeFi was like, no one understood it. You go to a dinner table, 20 friends, you talk about it. Nobody asks about it ever again, or even talks about the next dinner. They won't talk about it. Tesla was a big thing. NFTs were big too, because NFTs, like 20 people talk about it. Next dinner, 20 people are talking about it. Plus they're showing off their NFTs that they bought. And it, it had a picture. It's easy to understand maybe, or whatever, collectibles. It, it felt easy to understand, but um, I definitely think DeFi is not going away. If you see some of the things that DeFi can do, you're like, you're just shocked, right? Like lending, go go try to get a car loan, uh, a loan on a house and things like that. You'll, you'll just see how easy this, this system is. Um, there has been tons of hacks and there's smart contracts. They're getting better at like mitigating this stuff. They're putting collateral caps. They're even talking about time windows or things like, hey, if you have used a lot of money here before, so flash loans won't work. Basically, if you have no credit, or this address hasn't been fucking around the protocol often enough, then they put a cap on it, or you can withdraw the money at a certain time, maybe after a manual. But then then it kind of defeats the purpose. So they're all trying to work out these kinks to try and make DeFi work better. But I think DeFi is definitely a part of the future. Again, I said lately we've been shifting our focus to Ethereum, like infrastructure play. But above that, I would be like, okay, lending protocols, DeFi for sure is one. NFTs, I know for sure art is in there. GameFi, it looks like someone's going to figure that out someday. Um, so, so I'm still here. Like, like people go, why are you still here? You made us money. Why are you still here? I'm like, well, I don't have an NBA team guys. So, so, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, chasing my dreams, man. Like, is that the goal? That That's a big ticket. I I can't afford today. Sure. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> do you really, really want to get stuck so, with so like the Sacramento Kings? What? I'm saying, do you really want to get stuck with like the Sacramento Kings or like, I just yeah, like- the Vegas crew. I want the, the Vegas apes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The Vegas apes, little Gary Vaynerchuk move here, wants to buy a professional sports team. Machi, on the DeFi front real quick. So I also, I I share the same opinion as you, where I think DeFi is a no-brainer. When I think about it, I'm like, we just need it to be really, really simple. It actually does need to, in my opinion, do the same thing that like a bank does now, but just with no middlemen and no bullshit, just like really automatic, like boom, super simple. It needs to be safe. Peer-to-peer. Peer-to-peer, but it has to be safe, right? Yeah, I have to know that it's not going to be a rug pull. It's not going to get hacked, this, that, and the other thing. Does does the organization, like the platform, 
do they need to have a native token? Because when I think about it, I'm like, why does the platform need to have a token? Why can't it be all just get done in like ETH and Bitcoin or some sort of collateralized asset? Like why need the, the native token? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm sure Gary Gensler is checking out your show, but I think like some of the things he said where every token's a security, eh, <laughs> he's on to something, but you know, boo, you know, that's old. That's very old. Your rules apply to stocks. Tokens is a whole, whole new thing. I think it, it falls in line with social media. Everybody has your own channel. You guys are your own TV show. You guys are your own your own media platform, right? You guys are like NBC, the NBCs of today. So again, with the tokens, it's like, we don't need New York Station. We don't need NASDAQ. We'll figure it out ourselves. We have our own tokens. And right now we call them utility and governance tokens, which is fine. I agree still. But you need your governance token. And it's just like, man, I'm not trying to throw the, the industry under the bus. But basically, anybody with the token, it's... Like I, I, I love part of that is like if I were to ride Uber every day, I would love to, you know, earn a little bit of of, of the the company. I want to own a piece of the platform, little protocol. I would like to. If I order Uber Eats or yeah, I would, if I use something Airbnb, I would like to earn a little bit of Airbnb token. You know, like feel a sense of governance. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, are, are you like feel a sense of? Governance, uh, <laughs> ownership, ownership. I right? didn't say ownership. All right, so, plug yeah. Well, like, I, I mean, want to own a piece. I want to own a piece. Hey, I use this product every day. Let me own a piece. But in in a tra tra traditional world, you can't keep track of that. It's too hard to keep track of it, right? You know, we got to sign like one share or one ownership of the company, a piece of the company. You got to sign something. But now it's all automated. It's it, it could drip to you. It could you know it could be airdropped it, to you. It could be claimed. So. I mean, that, that's just the fun part of crypto and everybody's playing, right? You know, farming things, doing these different things, providing liquidity, all this stuff. It's a whole new world. Yeah, that part. But so um, there, there is yeah. real, real quick, your statement on this governance token or slash ownership. I think it's completely valid. And the reality is, it's like the only reason that we're not doing it is because this pesky old government is sitting in the way saying, Oh, you can't do that. You can't set up this thing to trade because that's the security. Who gives like who care? The, the the bigger thing is like the the way that all the policies are set up are that consumers are dumb and cannot figure out like that's how the government's viewpoint is that consumers are dumb and cannot figure out a way like cannot protect their own money. And they need the government in order to do something like that. But they're and 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 that they can't invest in securities. There is an act, uh, the Starta Act, like many years ago, that enabled various platforms like, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the name, it starts with an R, uh, where you can go and raise capital, equity capital, crowdfunding capital from uh, from individual. Like a million dollars uh, under and, and like a small amount of credit investors, yeah. Yeah, non-accredited investors can actually invest on those on those platforms, small amounts into uh, going in um, investing, basically. And so that was like set up. There's still a ton of friction that exists there, and crypto is basically operating and being like, what? Like the game that they're playing right now is like, oh, it's not a security, but but like we all just want the damn thing to be a security so that we can go off and like actually trade it is what you really want so that you don't have to jump through all these loopholes in order to like speculate on the price attached to somebody, which is literally all that's happening anyways with any of like with friend tech, with any of the stuff that's going on, we're all speculating on some underlying thing. Why not attach it to something uh, more concrete, which gives us the ability to actually 
go and expand without having to go through all the bureaucratic processes uh, to do it. I don't know. I, uh, that, that's, that's my, this my space own. is like so new and a lot of stuff here um, doesn't make sense to normal people. Yeah. That's the truth. So for instance, right. You go, Oh, that token is attached to the, okay. Blur token is attached to that protocol. Right. But is it really like, this actually is the problem with NFTs too. And, and I coined this thing called equity holder risk, EHR, right? And what that means is like, I have to service my equity holders over my NFT holders. Like where's the balance? And you guys done that the best, which is, okay, I got A16 breathing down my neck to, to return their, their 400 million they, got, they invested in me, right? Like how do I make sure they get paid? And how do I make sure, you know, my holders are taken care of? So like a lot of times you get, you get yelled at by those influencers after you eat shit, right? They're like, who told you if you hold the NFT, you are actually a holder of any kind of value. You're my customer, like doodles. I gave you the NFT. That's like, you know, like a, a plush toy here. Congrats. You know, you bought something for me and you're like, wait a minute, I'm your holder. Where's my utility for this thing? Or what do I get? Did I promise you something? Or I look at the short roadmap. I, I, I finished it and I owe you no obligation whatsoever. And then, well, who are, they, who are they obligated to or why do they need to connect any more value to either a token or NFT? That's that's the point where then people start screaming, where's the SEC? Come help me. <laughs> like, like this part is the part where um, you have to look at the team. And if you look at like, I'll, I'll go back to Blur, Pac-Man. He took an interview. And one thing he said is like, either you're a Web3 company or you're not. And it depends on the attitude of the founder. Like, oh, NFT tokens i have a fiduciary responsibility to these people so if you see any kind of setup where there's like two two uh you know preferred shares versus not normal shares if that's how we want to put it in certain terms it's like okay i got equity holders they took some vc money then you know they're trying to get it's it's our like the, the it's in your face they're gonna have to have the vcs that got in cheap Shitcoin waterfall and dump it on you. You guys are the exit liquidity. Come in and my early investors are going to dump all over your face. And whenever you see projects like that, stay the fuck away. And I do. And if if it's like, yeah, this, that's why you got to look at tokenomics and pay attention. And if you look, you kind of feel like they're trying to fuck you. Hurry up and get the fuck out of there. But yeah. You didn't feel that way with Bored Apes? Not that I'm saying that that's what happened, but I just mean they did get invested in by A16Z. They did have a token and and people did sell it, I suppose, so, right? So part of the reason why they're doing so well is they balance this, this equity, uh, uh, you know, equity uh, risk, equity holder risk. So for instance, when they dropped the ApeCoin, you saw that they gave a good amount, 15%, 10% or some amount, like a pretty good amount to the apes and the mutants and the dogs. Boom, you got a huge chunk of ApeCoin. So, hey, we took care of you. The other part goes, okay, there's 8% for the founders, 16% for Yuga Labs, some early launch contributors get a certain amount of tokens. They they, they kind of like, again, like you you saw the balance. That That's how they felt you were worth, 10%. Like there must have been some greedy apes that said, give us 90% of the ape coin. But that's how they split it. I think the team, the founder tokens at 8% was 2% under normal. I think team, to team tokens is somewhere around 10%, like from DeFi days. Sushi Swap was the first one to give themselves 10% tokens, and everybody was acceptable with that. Because even earlier than that, there was a YFI Yearn DeFi protocol, Andre Cronge and them, and they gave themselves zero tokens, zero team tokens. And people always kept questioning, like, well, he's not going to focus or he's not going to work hard on this because he hasn't, doesn't have a stake in it. So this part leads me to the, the discussions I've had today 
that occurred while working on my AIP still and like honing it down. And actually, I'm, I'm not just working on AIP. I'm working on ApeCoin DAO as a whole. It's an experiment, right? You need people that I'm not taking a salary. I'm not an employee, but I'm trying to work for the community and ApeCoin DAO. And how can I work for ApeCoin DAO? I'm identifying that <laughs> Yuga doesn't own any apes. They don't own anymore. The 10,000 are out there. We have them, right? So uh, CryptoPunks is doing really well. It's around 50 ETH, right? And we're at like 23. So it's a little over two, two, two apes, a little over two apes for one punk. I don't like that ratio. I'm an ape maxi. I, I like punks, but I'm an ape maxi. So I was looking at it. I was thinking to myself, okay, what happened when they bought Larva Labs? Of the Larva Labs, CryptoPunks, I think it's like 500 up to 700 punks was transferred over from Larva Labs to Yuga Labs. So Yuga Labs does have a bag of punks but they don't have a bag of apes. Not saying that they don't give a fuck about apes because they don't have a bag, but only Garga, uh, Gordon, um, No Sass, and Emperor Tomato, these four guys might feel some kind of way if, if Bored Apes doesn't do well. Everybody else, the new employees, not to say that they don't care about apes, but looking at the current CEO, I don't think he has an ape. I think he's rocking a mutant. I'm not sure. Maybe he's rocking an ape. But either way, my point is that they need a bigger bag. So one of my ideas for a new AIP would be for the AIP ApeCoin to buy 500 or 700 fucking apes and send them to Yuga. And that way Yuga has a bag and then now they're back in it. Now we got to make sure we do Ape Fest, make sure we take care of these apes in some way, shape or form. But there's some ideas here. How uh, would they sell? Like what would be the process? They, that you get? they got to hold it and build the, 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 the value of it up. <laughs> That's I mean, like repurchasing shares, though. I feel like when you repurchase, it, they don't have any apes. They don't own a single ape right now. No, I know, but I'm saying like it. Uh, let's not call it equity, but it's a, like the equivalent of a share buyback, where you're trying to make price go up by buying your own share prices. Which, like Apple and a lot of like large corporations, do this all the time. That that distinction does a lot of people like the counter to that would be like. Oh, you're out of innovative ideas. When you look at apples and a lot of share buybacks, it's like, couldn't you invest that in R and D? But the uh, my question is, or uh, or thought is, you can't ever release that back. Like when you do share buybacks with stock, when you're buying back stock, you can never re-release those. So now you're just investing capital to buy back NFTs. Where so you're just putting money out the door to some speculator. Like I. I don't know. Like, how does that how, how does that math ever work? I think part of part of that is like it's not them doing it. Again, this is like a community member with the idea that you go. I would like to see you get even more vested, right? Aside from just like I said, the, the guys that have the pride of like, hey, we help create this thing. But the rest of the company, there's let's call it up to 100 employees now, right? Maybe more, maybe more than 100 employees now. I would love to see them um, again. It's five, seven hundred, three hundred, whatever. Let's call it 100. Then send it back to them. They can give gift each one of their not gifted like a like a stock option like we were talking about they're like stocks right so each one of you guys get an ape you can rock it as your PFP because that's part of the company culture but of the hundred uh, apes it's four year vesting so you can't dump it for four years when the four years are up or if, even if you leave the company after six months we take that fucking ape back you fucking you didn't work that long or you're not there's a gotta be a cliff so wherever the cliff is the cliff is and you can keep the ape but I just feel like somewhere in there is an idea like to to get Yuga like tied to this thing. The other idea I had for apes, which I feel like might not be as good, but it was not a bad idea or, or things that we've discussed among people that are trying to work on this current AIP I'm working on is that um, for the art provenance, or the, like I said, the focus on art, I would like to buy the board apes 
or I don't, again, as AIP, I take ApeCoin. I would pay Yuga Labs to give us either perpetual rights or give over all the rights for the BAYC logo and the BAYC name. And that name and the logo is bought back so that all of us that have one ape can use the logo and can use BAYC, the word. And, you know, you have Yuga already. You have your GameFi assets, whatever. But this part, Bored Apes, the logo belongs to all 10,000 of us apes. And then we we, we could um, – and maybe another AIP would be to set up our own individual uh, marketplace. You were talking about other marketplaces on this show. You wanted to talk about it. And I think the exact marketplace that you see for CryptoPunks, and they have, I think, open source code. We'd fork that. We'd make the exact same website for apes, the 10,000 apes. And then we can do one for 20,000 millions, but keep them separated because they're our collection. And the focus is that too. And again, we buy back the rights. We buy back part of those rights is I felt, well, early on, you want to protect BYC, these four letters and Board Ape Yacht Club and that logo. But now I feel like mm, you still protect it, but it's protected by all 10,000 of us or all 10,000 ape holders. So it, it even brings more value to the collection, in my opinion. You, you, I was also, about to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, you think that that's that valuable that it's worth, you know, doing all that to get those rights to the logo specifically and the, you know, BAYC, because that's the one part that the holders don't own the intellectual property. Have you really, you've clearly thought about this. That's important to you. Yes. And, and again, it wouldn't be like only we own it because we bought back 700 apes for you guys or 500 apes back for Yuga Labs. And then you, like, we buy you these apes, you give us the rights, all of us to use the rights for the logo and the BAYC. Board eight yacht club, yeah. And and I'll, what you said before, real quick, I will go to Sig in just one second. What you said before, I actually really like. Now that I'm thinking about it, about you know, getting quick, you're muted on Twitter. Oh no. Yeah. Hey, sorry everyone on Twitter. I was muted for a moment. Sorry about that. I hope that wasn't too long and you didn't miss too much of my. Just for half of the show. Oh, no, I don't think it was that long. Anyway, um, real quick, Machi, I like your idea of getting the apes to the Yuga Labs employees. You could do something where Yuga Labs themselves are custodying it, and it's kind of like an equity grant to the holders. And like you said, there's a cliff and a vesting period, so they know, like, I for SEC's sake, it's an NFT grant. <laughs> NFT, sure. An NFT option, yeah. Sure, okay. Uh, Sig, what was your question? No, like, uh, like, first of all, I like how you're thinking about the company to have more skin in the game alongside the employees and then alongside the uh, equity holders. And I was going to say, Matthew, as well, you, it, it's, it's interesting. The, the way you come across when you're speaking versus how you come across as Twitter, it's com- two completely sort of different worlds. And I think like when you come across uh, on, on camera, you're so much uh, stronger. Uh, and I just really like the way you think. There's one thing I was going to ask, though. Uh, you said earlier on that 10K PFPs are one of your, you know, one of your favorite passions and one of those reasons is about uh, camaraderie. When one PFP does well, it helps and elevates all the others. So recently you bought all these D-Gods and essentially, you know, a lot of NFT Twitter came after you saying that, you're, you know, you're going to dump and you're going to crash the floor. You're getting OTC um, offers from people to say, you know, we will buy it back you, buy, buy them back from you at XYZ price. As I understand, you didn't come back on that. So I was just wondering, like, you know, on one hand, you've said that you love 10K PFP communities. You want to see them do well so that everyone does well. But on the other side, your actions are that you sweep a floor and then you dump. And that and that obviously and that obviously affects the floor price of that collection and community. How do you how do you straddle those two worlds? Yeah, um, definitely. That was blur farming. I didn't I didn't sweep the floor. I got those were dumped on me like. Um, I, I just like, 
settled my issues and moved on with Zach's stuff that night. I was pretty happy. I was like, had a smile on my face. I went to sleep with like 60 D gods. I woke up with 400. I'm like, holy shit, what happened? Like a bunch of people dumped all their D gods into my bids. So I ended up with 400 D gods. I sold at a loss. Um, and I kept the eight that I thought was the best looking D gods of the ones that I liked. I, I vibed with. So, um, it's not like I don't like the D gods. I, I kept eight of them. Like if I didn't like them, I get rid of all of them. And um, again, when, when people watch the moves that I'm doing on, on chain or these, these sells and buys, it's so funny. That's why I put this one post where I said, I only buy and never sell. There's this chart that shows that I bought like hundred million worth of NFTs. My point being is that if I sold a single NFT, it's because I, I, I had to buy it in order to sell it. Right. It's not, it doesn't come out of thin air. So it's not like, so overall I'm net, I'm net positive as in like, or net, I'm a net buyer of NFTs. So I buy more than I sell. Um, anything else is just a narrative. Oh, he's dumping our, our floors. No, your floor was going to be way lower if I wasn't around. You know, that's that's the bottom line. Well, a lot of people are tweeting about that these days. So you're saying with the D gods purchases, those weren't in, those weren't intentional in the sense that you didn't go and say I'm gonna I'm gonna acquire 400 of these because that's what I want to do. It was that you had the bids, the floor crashed, and it got sold into your bids. Yeah, yeah. So I provided exit liquidity. Got it. Wow. And and so you took a, and we're going to wrap in just a second, but want to ask, because I think a, a significant percentage why? of our. <laughs> <laughs> well, like well, why, he, but is it really just because of the blur token? What, why I, I, I took those. Yeah. I'm trying to earn the blur token. So I put those bids up. I, I'm like a non-professional market maker. I, I'm learning. Well, I was going to ask, uh, and this segues into my final thing before we wrap. A significant percentage of our audience is super interested in in like trades and specific trades and the buying and selling process, making money, losing money. First question, quick one: Are you you're you have profits since you've gotten in NFTs? Call it early twenty twenty one. You are not in the in the red, are you? I should be in the profit, maybe. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not one of those. There's people that are really good at it, right? Like literally I, I watch them. They, they make profits off me too. Like I work with people. I'm like, okay, uh, I'll buy that for 25. They go and get it for 23, bring it back to me, give it to me for 25. Like they make two ETH, two ETH, one ETH like that. They're just doing like work. They're hustling. And um, there's other guys that know what they're trading. Like they're just really good at it. And and mine, sometimes I overpay, especially for something I want. I'm just fucking, I just, all right, take it. You know, like, um, and, and I've, I've sold some stuff, but overall, I should be maybe a little bit profitable, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, interesting. Uh, was it seven figures of profit from Blur Season 1, like locked in? Locked in I profit? I made like, like 1.8 mil. Yeah, 1.8 mil. Okay, so that was good. And, yeah, and that you're, was oh, you're Okay, so so a lot of times, um, yeah, I've had some big wins. And, and the biggest wins were in DeFi. On the NFT side, it has to be BYC was my biggest win. Even I mean, it is my biggest, biggest win. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Every board ape was borderline a million bucks if you kind of do all the math on it, depending on when you sold. Including all the other stuff, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, look, Machi, thank you for joining the show. I think a lot of people find your perspective interesting. Um, you know, we appreciate you joining, man. Sorry to the Twitter audience. I muted for about a minute there. That was an accident. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, fascinating stuff, man. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Vegas apes are someday owned by Jeff Wong. No. ApeCoin DAO, do an AIP so we own it together. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a disaster. No, you guys got ApeCoin. You guys got ApeCoin. 
<laughs> do we, we, we did. We I used to. I don't have I any think anymore. I, well, I do. Locked up in Gemini's Earn program, where uh, <laughs> I, I, literally they they still have it locked. Those, Nick, can you vote with those? No, they're so. they're inaccessible to me at oh, this no. point in time. Stig, you got? Oh no, I got some. Why am I talking I to the some. three of you? <laughs> someone, someone in your audience. Vote for my AIP, all right? You guys vote for my <laughs> motherfucking AIP. If you want to see the NFT ecosystem come back to life, you better like do some CPR voting. Yeah. <laughs> you, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Vote uh, if you own ApeCoin. I don't own ApeCoin anymore. Uh, I'll have to do some research. I mean, Machi obviously brought up a lot of good points. Nick? No, I was going to say I, I own a couple. Like I don't own a bunch. <laughs> like the, I'll, uh, take this- I'll take those votes. A couple <laughs> votes. <laughs> Watch, yeah, what's that. what's next for the proposal? I, I saw it was submitted uh, over a month ago, and is it is it pretty much in limbo? What's what are you what's next? No, no, it's not in limbo. They they don't do that no more. It's it's in uh yeah only when Cartan uh, yeah it's Cartan and those guys. But um now now it's it's pretty expedited. It's it's being under review. We'll see. Maybe wow. these interviews where I'm talking too much about like ownership is gonna make them nervous. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Well, we're gonna have to see how all this stuff shakes out. Uh, it's it's clearly still very early in the ecosystem, and it's gonna be fascinating, uh, you know, to, just to see the results of all the stuff that we're talking about. Thank you for joining, Machi. It sounds like, ladies and gentlemen, the call to action is vote for Machi's AIP proposal uh, through with Hell your yeah. ApeCoin. No, <laughs> he's he's running for president. That's what's going on? Uh, uh, that okay, proposal for the for the for the plebs and the and the noobs, right? I get no compensation whatsoever, ever for this AIP. And the other team members are going to work for free for six months because they do it for the culture. We all want to push uh, apes, ApeCoin, you know, forward. So no one's getting compensated for the first six months. Me never. And then the six-month people are still like no promise of employment after the six months are up. Like we'll let the da- By that time, we should have the DAO up and we can vote people in to, to work on this full time. It's going to be interesting. I was unaware of, of this stuff that you're doing. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time, right here on Twitter Spaces, also on YouTube. Uh, definitely a good time having Machi Big Brother Jeff Wong on the YouTube show today. We will be back tomorrow. A little song called Big Brother for you on the Twitter stream. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you guys next time. Stadium status.